Hey, Pronouncers, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Bruce from Printavo. We've got a very special guest. We've got a very special host. I mean, whoops, co-host. I'm, I'm a special host now. <laughs> 2022. Steve Fair got a Champaign, <laughs> Illinois Campus, Inc. We've got Daniela Hernandez. Daniela, you've got a couple different roles, though, if I'm pulling up LinkedIn. Promo Products Department Manager and Director of Fulfillment at Night Owl Print Shop. Uh, yeah, I've... I've- done a lot of different things here. Um, but currently, uh, I'm essentially like the fulfillment account manager. I like it. So you, you guys do a lot of volume. So that's why I, I reached out to Eric because we had that fulfillment podcast. People were all asking about Farrag outsourcing that component. You guys do a ton, especially with musicians and bands. So, yes, yeah. uh, we're trying to get some best practice. We're trying to get a lot of things done. But anyway, yeah. Can you just tell yeah. us about like more specifically your role too, and and how you got started with Night Owl, and then what you're responsible for today? Yeah. Um, so I came on board with Night Owls in 2018, um, and I was hired on as an office manager. So at the time, I was doing a lot of uh, you know, I was like the front desk reception. I was handling. Um, a lot of like administrative stuff, data entry things, learning Printavo and all that stuff. Um, and I was also doing like payroll and HR. And then I, uh, I, I took over the promo department, uh, because the person that was in that role didn't work out and they were trying to hire for that role. And I guess they just kept not finding anybody that they were super stoked on. And so they were like, do you want to do this job? And I was like, sure. Um, Did that for about a year and a half. Um, I was kind of doing like a lot of the HR and payroll duties in tandem with the promo products duties. Um, And then our kind of the same thing happened in our fulfillment department. Uh, The person who was in that role uh, was leaving to do other stuff and uh they were hiring and trying to find somebody for that role couldn't find what they were looking for for that role and then uh they offered me the job and I I I took it it, I've had had to think about it I was very hesitant about accepting that job because I knew it would be hard didn't realize how hard but um I'm glad I did I've, I've learned a lot since then Sweet. So do you go by Danny, Daniela? What do you go by? Uh, most people here call me Danny. Cool. Does Eric give everyone a chalkboard for their office? Is that no, a thing? No, I'm in Eric's office. <gasps> yeah, I'm, I'm in his office because I share an office with some other people and and Eric's out of town at the moment. So he was wow. like, he's my office. That's like the <laughs> yeah. signature for Eric, like the, the chalkboard, know. just like real gritty. Yeah, with um, like, in the corner. Got some like post-its up yeah. there. Yeah, like we got some percentages. Some weird There's numbers. A lot of math. Of, yeah. Lot of math. <laughs> um, tell us about, mm-hmm. about Night Owls. The business has really grown, really like transformed. Eric is an industry leader. You guys are water-based leaders. Tell us about Night Owls a little for, for those that don't know or haven't stalked you all yet. Okay, um, so Night Owls uh, has been around since 2010. 
um, started out with Eric and Val um, basically printing in their garage for punk bands and uh, their friends and bands um, and then kind of just grew it from there, uh, expanded to doing other types of merch, um, embroidery, uh, you know, promotional products and kind of kind of. I, we like to think of ourselves as like merch logistics too, like helping our clients, um, fa- helping facilitate their merch dreams, basically. Um, and then I think they've been doing fulfillment for maybe a total of like five years, but starting slow uh, with just like a select few clients. Um, and then over the past, I would say over the past three years it's really grown a lot um especially with like the boom in e-commerce over uh 2020 with like the pandemic and everything um we saw like a ton of growth like just just in that year so it's kind of just been expanding since then y'all are a completely water-based shop you only print with water right yep 100% 100% water-based. How much fun is that? <laughs> How much fun is it? Uh, yeah. So I think it's pretty fun, although I'm not a screen printer, so I I don't deal with, you know, I'm not, I'm nev- never really been on the production floor um, on the day-to-day, but I, I think it's cool. I know that it has a lot of, like, challenges along with it, but I, I, uh, I like that it's a little more eco-friendly. Um, I also think that it has a really nice soft hand. Um, like the prints, the prints look really nice. Uh, our clients really appreciate like the level of quality that we can put out. Um, and Eric and Val and our art team here too, like they've gotten really, really good at doing like those super, uh, high color, high detail, like simulated processes and being able to do all that water-based. So I think it's pretty cool. How do you guys like, um, or first of all, how how was the holidays for you guys? Were you guys super busy or do you have people out with uh, this new variant and stuff or what? Uh, well I got the new variant, so that was fun. Um, but we have, We've been we we've been pretty okay. Like it's it's definitely been tough uh managing people, you know, having scares, having people out to get tested. Um but it hasn't honestly been too bad. We were definitely slammed, like super busy all of uh November and December. Um but usually we have like a production holiday from like Christmas until New Year's. Uh, so those guys get some time off, some like well-deserved oh, that's super nice. time off. Is it mainly yeah. bands and musicians is the customer base? Uh, I wouldn't, I would have to look up the, the numbers to know for sure if like what the percentage is, but it does, I do feel like a lot of our best customers are, are like the, you know, record labels, music in the music world. Um, but we, we do a lot of other work for, uh, local businesses, design firms, different yeah. like brick and mortars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would say that we do more. We do a lot of business locally, but I think we do more business for people that are not inside of Houston. Mm. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit about the fulfillment side of things. Are your clients like printing, putting things in inventory on your shelves, and then as their customers order on like Shopify, you're shipping out? Like, how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. That's basically, um, how it, 
works, uh, our, our clients decide that they want to do a new release or a new shirt or, um, you know, maybe they have like their, their tried and true designs that they're always reprinting and selling out of. But, um, basically they'll place an order, uh, it'll go through the production side and then, uh, production hands it off to fulfillment, uh, where we, we basically receive it into the system and, um, and stock it on the shelves and, and ship it out all that fun gotcha. stuff. So do yeah. you all sell, like, do you all do print on demand or anything like that where it's like just in time fulfillment or is everything that you fulfill like accounted for? Does that make sense? Most, most of what we fulfill is accounted for. It's like stocked inventory and like finished goods. Um, the, there is like a percentage of, of stuff that we do on demand, but most of it is like, we'll do, we have one client that we do like dye sublimated mugs for, and those we'll do on demand as well as, uh, we do fine art prints. Um, a lot of our, a lot of our, uh, along with like, uh, the music industry, a lot of our, um, favorite clients are like niche artists. So they'll there'll be artists who kind of pop off in their own little style that they're doing and uh, they get like a really big following from it. And we're lucky to have them partner with us for their merch. Gotcha. But you're also fulfilling like vinyl records. Yeah. Yeah. Other merch. There was all kinds of stuff you guys were putting in the back. Granted, you were, you guys were in a, in a barn before or like some sort of uh, like older house. Yeah. The the old location. So I when I started working here, I um I started in this building. So I've never seen I, I've seen because I was like a customer at the time and I would pull up and do pickups and stuff. But I never really got to see what it looked like in there. But we there there was a I think the last location was uh like a building that also had a residence like attached to it or something like that. Some kind of it, it yeah. looked a little Barney, I think. Yeah, I call it a Barney. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it kind of, it kind of. I think it might have just been like a warehouse on a property, like with a res, with a house or yeah. something. Well, what's the so like? What's the workflow that's kind of unique on the on the band front, right? Because I'm assuming there's now people are touring and doing shows, and so there's merch there. But it, like you mentioned, there's so much online, and then you're stocking for the record labels. Um, yeah. let alone, I feel like predicting or, or selling that space, you know, cause since you just don't want it sitting there all the time. Yeah. That's the trick is, uh, figuring out kind of like forecasting what, so that's part of like my job is working with the management or the band or the, um, whoever runs the business, uh, kind of figuring out based on like the data, the sales the sales data from past quarters, past years, how much we can expect to sell. Um, and then I kind of help them decide uh, like what quantities to print and stock and then kind of helping, helping them also keep an eye on what's running low. Uh, what should we restock? What should we not restock? Um, so it's a very like hands-on thing that we're doing. And I feel like that kind of separates us from a lot of other 3PLs and and things like that where we're really like 
partners with our clients. Like we're not just a place that's housing and like shipping stuff out. We're we're like very invested in their success as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like trying to kind of do what we can to help them in those areas. Right. Well, so been- you're. Uh, go ahead, Ferg. Hold on a sec, Bruce. So I was going to ask, like, so because you're almost vertically integrating yourself with those clients, you're helping them out by lowering the risk that they have if they were to use multiple partners. So you're like, hey, guys, exactly. you're running low on smalls. Do you want to run another 20 or do you want to have right. those in stock? Gotcha. So, yeah. so by doing that, it like alleviates the friction because you're like, hey, we're not only going to print this stuff for you, we're going to help you so that you don't get stuck with a ton of extra stuff. Is that exactly? And that that's definitely like the goal. I will say that, uh, you know, I can advise someone as much as much as I can, but it's up to them to take the recommendation. So, mm-hmm. uh, occasionally we do get in that. Um, kind of stuck in that in that thing where we have a whole bunch of overstock and then that's another part of my job is figuring out what do we do with it like can we run promotions can we put can we put it on sale what's the best way to get like a return on that investment that also means we don't have pallets and pallets of crap (laughs) that we're not selling on our shelves ultimately it's the decision so like the bands or whoever is putting that inventory on your shelves is paying for it like it's not like you guys don't get paid until it sells right Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they're not, they're not, so they're not prepaying for all this stuff or they they're, are, they are. Well, they're, no, oh, they okay, are. Okay, they're, okay. they're, they're prepaying for the, the, the production, like the, the goods, um, the printing, like the order, the production side of it, they, that's prepaid for, um, what, what, like the fulfillment side is we don't right. get paid until for After. those services for stocking you- it. Do you then log into each of the stores to check the stock or how do you see kind of the health of every account? I'm sure you have a bunch. So, yeah, that's one thing that um, has kind of. It's I almost don't even I almost don't even know where to start, because uh, when I started in this position, uh, we we had a, a bunch of stores, I would say maybe like. 25 stores um and the person who was running fulfillment before me uh they they had left there was somebody that was hired um to take that role and all this stuff happened with like like they got covid and they were out and then like all of a sudden they're not coming back some personal stuff happened and so there was no one to run the fulfillment department. And that person who had just been trained uh, was gone. And so when I came in, I it was basically like I had to I had to learn to run the ship with like I had to drive the car with no keys. Like I had no no guidebook for what really I was doing. Um, and that was and, really tough. And orders just keep coming in. <laughs> And orders are always coming in. <laughs> Clients are like sending, sending us wholesales. Uh, I'm like, what the heck do I do with this wholesale? Like, what's this process trying to, I had to reverse engineer everything. Like basically wow. I had to just learn by reverse engineering, looking through emails and being like, how is this done? Like, and, and wow. also learning at the same time that a lot of those processes were completely broken. Um, like, yeah, what's an example d- of that? W- that was broken. We did. 
one, one thing that was broken was just the um, the way that we were organizing our warehouse. Uh, we had racking that was not uniform. We were stacking closed boxes on top of each other on the shelves. And so pickers and packers, they would have to know where something is just by memory, just knowing, oh, that thing's over in that section, going and picking it. And when they go in, they got to pull down these boxes, open the boxes, rifle through the boxes, find the one size that they're looking for. Like if you're if you're trying to have a, a like lean business, it was like the complete opposite of lean. There was like so much waste involved. Producer Chris, you need to get the video. There's a video that Eric sent me. And we copycat get the boxes that you guys invented that are awesome. Um, so like all credit to y'all. But well, what are they called? I actually, that, other people want them. They're literally they're I, like cut. I actually like, don't know what they're called, but no, uh, they're I, like, I, it's a custom die almost. It, it is a custom die, but um, I can't get I can't take full credit for that because our friends over at Hello Merch um, like totally gave us that that. Uh, hook Thanks, up as far, as far as yeah hey, yeah like out. they they uh they they helped they told they told us like where we can get them and stuff so um that helped because you know having that system where you've got these closed boxes and it's like a label on the outside and it's like who knows if that label's even tr- like accurate for what's in the box. You don't know until you open the box. And it's like, it was just a nightmare and things were getting picked wrong all the time. Inventory discrepancies. Like it's like, that's, that's an, uh, yeah, it was a nightmare. I, I have like, yeah, I'm getting Eric, tri- Eric triggered sent, just thinking about it. Eric sent me a before and after and producer Chris, you're going to have to get this video from Eric. He like creeped his door open uh, yeah. and yeah. it is night and day. I mean, it's like it could make a Reddit post for like, like just like a beautiful transformation. The space was exactly the same. It was just so organized. But like one of the things you nice said there, it, one of the things you said there that I thought was really interesting is an employee doesn't need to know by memory where something is. They can use like logic or like instruction to get there. And like, yeah, I think that's really important. Well, in our so in our so that was the old system having uh having i wonder just, how we could have made it and, harder and we, it sounds like if you could like put like maybe a moat of water eric put in front that people have to jump over yeah <laughs> like, yeah totally like it is a nightmare it's like like it's like a freaking obstacle course trying to <laughs> like swing over the, yeah yeah and so it was it was not cool it was not it it didn't make any sense to me and so and also at the time nothing had barcodes nothing had SKUs. you have to verify size just by you know size and design so we've got ten thousand SKUs, and people are just picking them and looking at them to make sure it's the right thing it's like and there's no way to train your staff to be familiar with ten thousand different t-shirt designs like they're not that's not like, you know, that's not a reasonable thing to expect of them. So uh, we basically found a system that worked for us in terms of like barcoding everything. That was like step one. What was that? Barcoding was that everything. like software or was it you guys manually did it or? Uh, we at the time used Bartender, mm. which is a software. So you can um, you can create create barcode SKUs. Um, you can kind of design the layout 
how you what you want it to say for us it's important that they say like the name of the design too uh also the size and the skew um so that they're picking the right thing uh, but that was kind of step one figuring out how to implement a scan to verify system where they're not just looking at stuff they're actually scanning it and the system is telling them yes that's the right thing you're picking um that helped with accuracy a ton um and also just inventory discrepancies uh we also uh had to str- we had to change the way that stuff was being received from production to fulfillment that's another kind of aspect of it that didn't there was no process there was like there was no no set way to do it and so we had to say okay the, this is this is where it goes when it's done with production this is how you receive it in and at the time we didn't have any software that handles inventory management or like receiving so uh we basically, I mean, we kind of had to do, we had to get by with like spreadsheets uh, and and stuff that we created. We kind of just pulled together like Google Forms, having them do Google Forms, and then it would auto-populate to spreadsheets. Mm. Um, what's, the, what's the tool now that you guys picked to manage that? So now we, we went through a whole process. Um, it was a long process. Don't they, all, don't they all suck? Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. They're all really janky. Mention those. We, like which ones well, you tried and didn't work well. Okay. So, and it's not necessarily that they suck. It's just that they like, our use case is so specific right like exactly. what we need is very specific and it's very very difficult to find a software that is not um or, or that's that's going to do everything that we need it to do so what was important to us is that we can have like a receiving function uh we can have inventory management that inventory syncs with shopify so integrations were important to us. We also work with ShipStation. So having that functionality is important. Um, but yeah, we vetted a ton of stuff. Uh, I think we did demos with like 3PL Central. We did a demo with, I'm sure we did Ship Hero. We did a demo with, what, what? trying to think who else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we did a, yeah, yeah, I, I heard. Right. <laughs> um, we did demos with a bunch of people. And, and it, fortunately at the time, uh, I was actually, we had hired on someone to work basically uh, as like a, like a f- floor supervisor, like basically a fulfillment floor manager. Um, and she was very interested in software. She was actually like going to school for that and that was great to have. Like she had s- some awesome ideas. Wait, I she was to this day wish that she still worked for, with us for fulfillment or just like supply chain stuff. No, she was going to school for software development. Oh, uh, so okay, she okay, just okay, like, gotcha. had a tech background. It's nice okay. to have she, some tech she, people. Yeah, she had a tech like she was learning like the tech side of things, which I found super helpful whenever we were trying to vet all these different softwares because. I'm not a tech, I'm not a tech person. Like I get by, but she like knew all about the different APIs and how, how programs are going to talk to each other. For sure. Um, 
and like the functionality there. And um, that was super helpful. She had a lot of like really brilliant ideas and she helped us vet uh, the the different. We even looked at like ERPs, like can we find something that's going to be a full like we can use it for production and fulfillment. None of the things that we looked at for that uh, really even came close to like meeting our needs. So for for shops listening, there's like some different things that Danny's talking about. So one of the things is like a WMS, which is like warehouse management system. And that is like taking an inventory, receiving it, knowing where it's going to go on the shelf, barcoding it, having live views. And then there's like order management. So they say like OMS, that's like Printavo, right? Yeah. And then you've got ERPs, which is what? Enterprise resource planning. So that's like trying to get it all together, like a NetSuite or an Oracle or something. Big time stuff. And then you have like... CRMs, like customer relations. So like getting them all to come together is the million dollar thing. Like somebody, yeah, it's like there's not to this day something that integrates all those. I know. And, and you have to get... Well, there is. I, I mean, the, I guess Salesforce it, it is, but you yeah, have to spend a year building it. <laughs> That's um, the thing, yeah. Or get someone to custom To custom build, build it. But I think yeah. what's, what's most interesting about y'all is you're okay doing manual work that's methodical, that might be gruesome, that might be Google Sheets, that might be forms. Like you got really scrappy and had to be like, okay. We had to, yeah. But you didn't say no to it. And I think a lot of shops hit these roadblocks where they're like, nope, it's not working for me. I'm out. You know, like, oh, it won't show me. Like someone I know. What? Oh, like, who's that? <laughs> like you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no, just, I just we, we just We just suck just at ripped that out. Um, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. But uh, <laughs> there's, there's, if you don't like rip the bandaid off and try to do manual work and get methodic, like, even if it seems gruesome, like every day someone has to go count all of this in or every day someone has it to export gruesome. one file and check all of these bills, like you wouldn't have gotten to where you're at today. Right. And so yeah. like that th- journey is so special that I think and the process take is like a point of, and, and it's, it's what's not surprising is like, it's the same with you guys as water-based printers, you know, like water-based That's printing true. three years ago versus now, like your art room, the way Eric talks about how they build inks and the recipes and the chemistry, like yeah. you had to get gritty and get manual to get where you're at now. And it, it's not surprising. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's kind of like the personality of your shop. So you should be super proud of that. But I yeah, guess like, thanks. How many, just by volume, like how many shipments are going out every day now, do you think? Or last During year. Like, do you have a total? During right busy now season. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Eric so had a total. Yeah. Last year, I think uh, I ran the numbers and I, I think in total we shipped out something like 63,000, around 63,000 packages, um, which was good. We did about the same in uh, 2020. Um I'd like to do more. I think yeah. we can do more. Does does that mean, Danny, that you y'all? So, do you run the Shopify's yourself, or do your clients run the Shopify's and you just key into them? It's a little of both. It's kind of it's a little bit of a like collaborative process. Um, mm-hmm. We do have some clients that are like super hands off, and I do everything on that on that end. Uh, we have other clients that are like very hands on, um, and they also maybe want their shop to look a certain way and they have people who know how to get it to look the way they want it to look. So, um, that they, 
it, it depends on the client. Um, the one thing that I'm like very, very protective of, and I'm, I, I'm like very firm with them about is that I, I, we manage the inventory. Like, please don't ever, ever, ever touch or try to touch those numbers in Shopify. Um, so, because that's when you run into inventory issues, yeah. nightmares. <laughs> so for shops Lock wondering like, okay, what, what's the difference? So we run a lot of Shopify stores, but our model is just slightly different in that we own the Shopify's. We run them through like a licensing deal. So we name our prices, our designs, our creative. And that's how we're okay. fully, that's how we're fully integrated. Um, yeah. but we also take on the inventory risk and we get to assume all of it. Um, which is a double-edged sword, right? Cause you're yeah. retailing, you're producing it wholesale. So you're double dipping there, but overstock is your problem. So we tried to be more of like a print on demand company, which, right. um, there are some like print on demand experts, you know, like Kevin from stoked on printing runs an awesome ship. Um, yeah, what he's doing is, is actually really awesome. Yeah. Um, but like there, like the roadblocks I ran into were, we could not keep, we were selling a ton of the same item and we weren't being smart about forecasting whatsoever. And that's where like we needed to take a taste of what you all do and say like, okay, we should at least keep this many on the shelf at all times. Um, yeah. And are, it's not always easy if you're, hard. especially if you like, do you have, do you have, uh, your stores running off of the same Shopify? Like, no, they're or all separate you, accounts. Yeah, that's hard because then it's just like, you know, logging in and, and oh you kind of you have to do the same work for every single yeah. account. Yeah. And the thing about it is we use the same SKU across like five accounts or the same blank, but they might be like Carhartt. Uh, so yeah. like that Carhartt might be a $30 blank. Well, how many blanks do you want to bring in to have on the shelf? that are 30 bucks. So our team will be like, Hey Steven, can we spend 50 grand on Carhartts to bring in? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that like, I, I'm kind of, I guess I, sometimes I think about it, like, how would we do, how would we do a system like that or try to like integrate some kind of print on demand solution? Um, and just the, the inventory, it's like a whole nother level of inventory management, right? It's, it's like you're, you're, you've got your finished goods and then you have like the blank goods and then also the production like workflow that has to go through whenever you're dealing with that. And that's hard. And I, I know that that's like, I heard, I listened to your, your recent episode and I was like, that sounds hard. Yeah. And so, so that's where we came to the conclusion where you have to go custom like, like Kevin and, and Kevin at stoked on, like they built a custom solution. They have engineers working on it nonstop. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's nothing that will allow you. And that's, we kept stumping all of the software companies. Like we want to hold blanks, but we also want to print some, but we also don't want to print some, but they all go across several right. stores and they're like, pick one dude. <laughs> um, right. So and yeah. it's hard enough finding us a, a software that will work. So, so we did find one that we implemented, um, it took about four months to implement at least. Um, and that's just for us doing finished goods, you know? So, um, and even then, even then we have so many use cases that when we were doing our, um, like our onboarding with them, they're just like, that's a great question. We've never thought of that before. And I don't have an answer for you, but I'll look into it. And we were just kind of like, okay. So then we also kind of had to like figure out how are we going to make this 
this work for us within the the confines of what that software can do. What, what yeah. tool is it? Danny, have you... Sorry? Danny, what, what tool did you guys pick? We are currently using SkewVault. SkewVault. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this then. Are you at a point where you won't take on any more clients for like no. this? So, so there's like still room to grow. Yeah, we actually, um, we've got some big plans this year. We are in the works to, um, add a separate facility on our property. Um, that's gonna increase our fulfillment where it's basically going to be solely for fulfillment. Wow. Um, and like right now I, we're working out of a, a fulfillment warehouse that is about 2,500 square feet. Um, this new building will be over 4,000 square feet, something like 4,300 square feet. So that'll be really nice once that's done. Um, cause that is something that we are like facing constantly is just space. Um, that's, I mean, you know, people say fulfillment doesn't scale and it's because you need space, right? Like you get bigger and you run out of space. So that's been a huge challenge. Um, and that's one of the things that prompted us to get so specific in the way that we overhauled our warehouse because we have all these like space considerations and, and it's like problem solving this how are we going to fit all this merchandise in here? What's the most efficient way? And also thinking about picking and packing, like what, how can we make this so that it's organized, but also that we can increase, like maximize the space that we do have. But yeah, we, we're, we're, we're adding all this space. So, so hopefully we can, we can take on some more clients. Is there any things you would have done earlier that now, you know, Right. Just from, from all these lessons and learnings and then you'd be like, Oh man, I would, I wish we'd have done this a year ago. Yeah. Um, charge more. <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that this year we've gotten really good about, um, figuring out what our costs are. Uh, that's one thing that was really kind of difficult to know. Um, we, we went through doing like all kinds of time studies and figuring out like, what is our, what is our revenue for like just fulfillment and what are, what do our expenses look like? Are we making profit? Um, and then figuring out how to kind of streamline that so that we have a, a system that is beneficial to our client and like want and incentivizes them to want to work with us, but also we're getting what we need out of it. Mm. Um, I think that that kind of like figuring out what the, what the, the terms should be. Cause before we, we would kind of work with clients and everybody's got like a slightly different term, like a, a slightly different, uh, it's not a contract, but essentially like the terms of their, the service. And it didn't really make sense. Like we need to just streamline it. Uh, and that's another thing is just kind of streamlining the way that we do everything. Cause we got in this habit in the past before, you know, before I came in of doing everything slightly differently for different clients. And then you just run into, it's just not sustainable and it's really hard to scale when you don't have your processes um, and 
all of that, like basically nailed down and doing it the same way for everybody. Cause you say yes to everything when it's new. You're like, yeah, yeah, we can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. We can yeah. Do that. yeah I we think can that's exactly, that. that's essentially like how it was, right? Like saying yes to stuff and then customizing it. However, somebody else wants to do it, but it's like, that might not be the best, that might not be the best way for that to happen. And maybe we can find a better way and we can streamline it and find something that works really well. A, a lot of it, it's like heavy, heavy process improvements. So Danny, um, do you, do you think you spend a lot of your time like writing process and like teaching and installing like procedures? Is that a big part of your job? Uh, it, it was, um, especially, especially like over pretty much all of 2020 and 2021. Yeah, I would say so. Now I feel like our processes are getting um, honed in a lot better. Uh, we, we've we just like been working on them so hard. Uh, but yeah, a lot of it was, it was like rewriting the book on how, how we the, do everything. Yeah. Like, is it yeah. written down somewhere or like, is it a manual or it's is the it chalkboard? It, the is it the chalkboard? The chalkboard. We, yeah, did use the, right. we did use we did use the chalkboard a lot because um, I'm sure you got turnover of people and all that stuff and yeah. Um, so something I mean, we didn't really basically having like an SOP outline SOP template and then writing starting to write down those SOPs um, and then training implementing them. Uh, so, I mean, we've got it, we've got stuff like that written down with like screenshots of how to do stuff. Uh, and we keep, we keep that all in like a folder, like a training folder. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, I, I do think that there's, there's definitely more that, that can be done. I actually, so I don't, I used to manage the, the team more. Like when I first came on, I was managing the team. I was doing the back end um and it was kind of a lot uh it was kind of a lot <laughs> so we have someone else now that is we ha we actually have two guys who work uh in fulfillment and one of them is like a um daily supervisor and the other one is more of like a he, i think his title is like a systems administrator he's basically he him and I are the ones that come together and talk about process and mm -hmm. Uh, how to improve on processes and I, then it's up to them now to to uh implement them and to train like I, i'm not really involved anymore on that aspect um, so so what do you think the hardest part is writing the process implementing it training it getting honestly, people to follow it a week later honestly yeah. getting people getting people to follow it and training it i think uh, because i think one thing that that came up for us is just like I, I'm, I was super new in this side of the business, right? I, I didn't have a ton of experience. Um, so it's a lot of trial and error. Like we tried so many different things and would realize quickly, like when something didn't work and then having to like refine that, um, that process into something that does work. And I, one of the, one of the hardest challenges to me was, training the staff and also uh dealing with their frustration sometimes when they realize this is broken and then it's like changing all the time and then it's broken again and then uh, like we're changing it yeah like, it's really hard 
It's very, this is like what you're talking about right now is I think something shops struggle with all the time. Um, but, 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 but like getting buy-in from your staff, I think what's most interesting is like, yeah, Eric probably writes a lot of process, but when another employee does it, I think it's sometimes better than the owner of the company doing it. I don't know. Could you shed some light on like, cause I, I have some team members that are like, I'm not qualified to write a process. I don't know how to write a process. I don't want to write a process. Can you talk about like the ownership that like Eric gives you for those roles? Because I think that's a, that's a lot of trust, but it's a cool thing that y'all have. Yeah. Um, I don't think Eric knows how like any of the things run like the nitty gritty of how anything runs in fulfillment. Uh, yeah. And I think that that, I mean, there was a time that Eric was so involved in everything and as a shop owner, he has other things that he needs to be focused on and the, the like nitty gritty specifics on process improvement. Like he, he basically gives me a lot of trust in, figuring stuff out. Like he definitely provides a lot of guidance and, and him and I talk all the time about, about stuff. But in terms of like, we talked a lot, he was, he was involved in the, um, like the overhaul of the warehouse for sure. We would come up with ideas and then brainstorm and and basically like pitch them to Eric and say like, this is what the two of us are thinking. Me and Vanessa, the, the person I was working with at the time, uh, who did the software stuff, Um, we would kind of pitch it to him and be like, this is sort of what we're thinking. Um, like, can we afford all new racking? Can we afford these boxes? Like, we really, really think that this is going to like be a game changer for the way we do stuff. Like, and so, and he's, he's been really receptive, um, to, to us kind of just taking it. I feel like he just trusts us to, to know better than he does. That's a big step. That's letting go a little bit. That's really hard for shop owners to do. Um, I know. But, yeah. But if you don't do that, you will not grow. Like, look at where, like that, that's a great quality of Eric. Um, and we know Eric cause he's in the weeds from like what we all work on together. But, right. um, he also trusts his people a ton to take his business to the next level. And I think it's like, I look at night owl and I've never been down there and that that's going to be like a fun field trip. Cause my shop, my team like loves you guys without y'all knowing it. But I look Aww. at it as like, Eric has got like a tent and he like raised the first pole, but like he has all of you as other poles that like make the tent much bigger. And I think, yeah. I think shop owners should be looking and saying like, can I have some employees help me lead? Um, cause I think it's, it's, it's so important to get your take on it. Um, and I think your employees, your team members will, will be listening to you even more when it comes from you. So I don't know, Bruce, like you've done this at Printavo where you've appointed a lot of leaders and they build out processes and now you don't know anything about them. Right. Like yeah, it's the same thing. Kinda. <laughs> I think no. I was just in a call right before this. So I was like, all right, I'm too deep. Like you guys just figured it out and let me know. But you know, I'm like, like kind of knee jerking back into it again. Um, yeah. You know, Danny, I'm curious uh, as the last point, if you were giving some tips to people just getting started or, or trying to fix their fulfillment side as, as more shops are diving in, what would you say to them to, to help speed up what they're doing? Um, I would say definitely if you can, 
um, get on a like automated system with barcodes with like a scan to verify system. If you can get a software that's going to do optimized picking paths um, and really simplify like as much as you can simplify the processes um, and yeah, try to just streamline as much as possible and reduce waste because we we went through that. We it was it was super wasteful. Things were getting things were going wrong, um, and just fixing those processes really really helped. That's big. That's big. That's awesome. Thank you so much. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, thank you so much for sharing. I, I think there's such a big uh, theme of of you coming in to fix the process. But then using uh-huh. this this tech side to make it more efficient and start to implement the like the firmed process around it, right? Because it was clear that yeah, you know, when you came in, it just wasn't, and even not in, like you said, the boxes and just getting the stuff and then having to jump over the fire and everything. So, uh, and there was, and no one knew at the time. No one had known. Uh, no one that worked in fulfillment knew how anything worked. The only person who knew anything about all the processes was the the guy like you know the person who is uh basically doing my job and I don't want to be that I I want people to be autonomous and know their job know what they when to come in and get going on their work and not point. have to ask me to a, make yourself a billion questions yeah that's awesome Danny thank you so much this is Danny Hernandez from Night Owl uh Wait, I want to read off your official task. Director of Fulfillment, Promotional Products Department Manager. It's been awesome. She's joining us from Houston, Texas. We appreciate you. We'll see you guys in the next episode of Producers Podcast. Bye.